This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Video Junkyard Podcast. You find yourself at episode number 136 of the Video Junkyard Podcast, and with me, as always, and pretty much on every single one of these 136 episodes, is my good friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. How's it going, Joe? It's going good. How are you? Oh, good. Good, I think. Nice, <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, I got buried in snow, and I'm still... Uh, aching from the shoveling that I did the other day and get this like uh, just got a snowblower for the first time in my life Ooh. Um, Ooh. and welcome to the club uh, yeah <laughs> my it was my dad's and he's not using it anymore um, and just fight, said like we could have it for free if we wanted it and which is awesome because mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have bought one just for the like one our driveway and the little bit of sidewalk that we have but it uh but since it was free, I mean, how got to use turn it, right? it down, yeah. right? So yeah, so we finally got it over here, but he forgot to bring um, a, the gas. He said he was going to bring a gas can that had some gas in it with him. Otherwise, I would have gone and got some, and he forgot to bring it. So I had time before the snowstorm to go get it, but one, you know, doing other things, I didn't. So we have oh. this <laughs> nice snowblower, or this new snowblower, sitting in our garage and I, it does not have enough gas to start like i got it started but it just yeah it, it was oh, running on fumes so well the next anyway, time you guys so get a bunch of snow that next thing's time gonna be really really helpful <laughs> right yeah i'm like shit i probably just did this you know with my luck it's gonna be like i i messed up getting the gas for the snowblower we got like 11 inches of snow or whatever it was and now it's probably not going to snow like significantly for the rest of the year, knowing my luck. But anyway, it, I think I'm wrong. I already see it in the forecast. But is it one of those that you have to add like gas and an oil mix to it? It's not. It's got a separate gas tank and oil. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, yeah, just unleaded gasoline and yep, it should should work work out nicely. I'm happy to have it. Just. Uh... <laughs> didn't help us out this time around you, you've entered but. into a into a whole new era <laughs> yeah. yeah i had to buy a new snowblower this winter too <laughs> so and i i've done it without it and it it's about yeah it sucks and it doesn't get easier yeah. as we get older so right i figured someday i was gonna have to do it anyway i i really don't hate shoveling like it's fine just I mean, I kind of hate it, but not like, you know, enough to <laughs> invest in a snowblower. But when it was like, hey, I'll just give this to you, I was like, yep, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have passed that up either. <laughs> Even if it's like <laughs> half an inch of snow, you'll be out there like, yeah, fuck this shit. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, and so no gasoline at all except in the car around here because I have all of my other, like, yard work appliances, lawnmower, my chainsaw, my... 
uh, weed whacker. They're all electric. So, like, I don't have anything that runs on gas. So, Well, this was, like, your one opportunity to do the ultimate, like, zombie apocalypse. I need to siphon gas out of a car (laughs) to use for some power tool to whatever, you know? Yeah, Corey brought that up. My wife brought that up and said... uh, (laughs) She's like, oh, we, oh, you could siphon some out of the van. I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm going there. I don't want you to have to take me to the hospital after I swallow some gasoline. So, Especially if you're all snowed in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you could have just, if you're going to do that, you could have just driven to the gas station <laughs> through the snow. That's true. Yeah. You know. Actually, I, I totally, I, I probably could have. I was just. Well, no. It's, you know. No, I don't blame you. It, if it's not bad. <laughs> to just do it by hand and that's that's cool i just i'm i'm noticing i can't do it as much as i used to be able to i just get my back hurts and i start feeling old and then i feel sorry for myself and that's yeah and it ruins your mood for the rest of the day totally kills my mood for the rest of the day (laughs) i start day drinking and then i just you know no not really but (laughs) no not really but actually not really but sometimes no Um, (laughs) yeah i know we actually got lucky in up here in uh, Wisconsin, we didn't actually get a ton, at least where I am. Uh, we didn't we didn't get a ton of snow, so it wasn't a huge deal. But yeah, it was at least I didn't have any any cars crash into my yard this week. So. Yeah, yeah, had enough of that recently. I had enough so. of that. So yeah, we we <laughs> I didn't get a lot of falling snow. I got some falling cars. <laughs> but that's right. Which they replaced the fire that's hydrant a... last week. I was really surprised. Um, to actually see how they do that because oh yeah i was i was working from home and they were digging a huge hole in my yard and putting in a new hmm. fire hydrant that was kind of interesting to watch it's like this is 40 year old discovery cool. channel is your your window <laughs> <laughs> i'm about like, five years from feeding the, birds <laughs> all of the stuff that you didn't know how to do that you didn't really want to know how to do but now you know how to do but I was blown away to find out that fire hydrants are intentionally breakaway. Yeah, I that, we were talking about that last yeah. time, but like, yeah, I think I was aware of this, and I don't know why, but it was definitely an older like I, you know, I was well into adulthood before learning this. Like that's well, that's kind of the fun thing though. Is I I do that too. I get things like I didn't know until much later in life. The funny thing is, I do know a guy who's a a biologist he has a phd in biology and he didn't know until his late 40s that narwhals were actually a thing like they were real and not like they were real right now he is an ecologist but so he doesn't like work on narwhals but i mean they seem imaginary like i don't i don't really blame him for it but yeah like he got into an argument with his daughter and she's like 12 or something like that and (laughs) like narwhals that's got to be the all-time worst way to be wrong about anything and oh, to yeah. be wrong about something that's supposed to be like your your field that's uh yeah well there have been times when i've like gotten i've asked i got into an argument i mean like a fight but just like a, a verbal back and forth real quick with my 11 year old 10 year old daughter and mm-hmm. she ends up being right and the reason i was wrong is legitimately because i miss under i misheard what she said initially <laughs> And so not only then do I feel like an ass, but I also have to acknowledge that I, you know, lost an argument to a 10-year-old. And I have right. to say the reason for it was I didn't hear you. <laughs> like, Which I'm sure she's just like, yeah. None of this is like, it's just <laughs> like, I, it, 
It's like getting getting into a fight and you don't just get knocked out. You get like s- seven hits and they're all from yourself. So. <laughs> but, well, so. yeah. Well, speaking of being punchy, I might have ah. felt a little punchy after watching this uh, the movie that we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> not to tip my hand on the review. Actually, it's not going to, but... Um, I was going to, my earlier segue was going to say something about Full Moon Entertainment. But anyway, it's Full Moon Entertainment's The Dead Hate the Living, which was made in the year 2000. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. 20 years ago. Action! Yeah, so it's uh, The Dead Hate the Living, written and directed by Dave Parker. And uh, get you a quick synopsis of this one. When a renegade band of young filmmakers break into an abandoned hospital to make their horror epic, they stumble upon a real dead body and decide to use it in their movie. They accidentally bring it back to life, open a portal to a dead world that releases tons of or dozens of other zombies, then struggle for their lives in a desperate attempt to flee from the creatures who apparently have them hopelessly trapped in the hospital. Which I guess I didn't even realize it was a hospital, by the way. But, um, yeah. So, there you have it. That's pretty much uh, the whole movie, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole movie. Um. I had to look this one up when you mentioned it because I'd never seen it, but I've seen the cover art for it. I mean, that was it. It it's you know, it's a it's a video store shelf familiarity. Yeah, and I think I'm going to try to call bullshit on you. I could be wrong, but I swear you've seen this because I think I saw this at your place in college. Was the only time I've ever seen it is when we went out and just rented a stack of movies like randomly. We'd have our like movie nights. I'm pretty sure we watched this one. I think really? that was where I saw this originally. Because <laughs> I, I remembered nothing about this. Hmm. Maybe I just rented it at some point in college, and you know, yep, I'm just blending my memories. But I, I, I know that's when I saw it, like that era of time, for sure. Did you own a copy but, of this at one point? I don't think I owned it, no. I think this was definitely one of, that was a rental, but... 
at least I don't think so. I don't know. I own so many things that I don't own anymore, so can't say. But yeah, so I, I jump in the gun a little bit, but yeah, that was my personal history story on it, as I was pretty sure we saw this in college at some point, and I thought we watched it at your place, but I don't know. It could be wrong. I, I think I would have <laughs> remembered this one, but I don't know. That was... Yeah. I hate to admit that that was almost 20 years ago. So Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, I think the reason this one, not only, like, as you mentioned, it was certainly one that was like a video store shelf staple. Like, I, I can, you know, picture the box with, like, the green toothy zombie on it and um and that's something about this one too is it is chock full of oh gosh like half of the dialogue is <laughs> it's references to horror movies and some of them are so like just pigeoned in, or just uh you know yeah they're just it's forced it's so forced <laughs> like the dialogue with uh anyway yeah so like as we mentioned in the synopsis it's uh a band of renegade filmmakers, as they put it, but yeah, people trying to make a zombie movie and uh, break into this like abandoned location. I think what they're doing is a little less breaking in and more or less what you know we were certainly guilty of at points, or I was as a filmmaker trying to you know utilize a location you don't necessarily have permission to shoot in, and thinking it's a big you know abandoned building, hospital, whatever it was supposed to be, and. Um, trying to make their movie. So the, your characters are, there's a director, there's a makeup guy. Director and makeup guy are like, you know, old buddies that have been making movies f together forever, and it's supposed to be his one big shot to get this, you know, really great horror movie or horror opus that he's working on put together. And the rest of the characters are like cast, and there's a cameraman, and there's, you know, um, I think that's it. There's actors, there's a cameraman, there's a director, there's a makeup dude, There's that's your... That's your people until they become zombies. But um, I guess right off the bat, I'm going to make a gripe about this and that I feel like this one takes a little while to get going. And while it's not getting going, it's really, really kind of obnoxious, like bargain bin clerks rip off in a, <laughs> I don't know, in some ways, even though it's a full of chock full of horror movie references. Um I don't know, in your opinion, like, it does eventually get going, but is it is anybody going to make it through this first 20 minutes? Is it worth the wait? <laughs> um, it was hard to get through the first five minutes. Mm -hmm. Those are, that's a really hard... Oh, the, the movie within the movie The thing. movie in the movie is really yeah. bad, and it, it gets so weird right away. Um, it, it was hard to stick with this one. And then once it once it kind of shows its hand a little bit, and you're like, oh, okay, it's a movie and a movie, and you really get into the actual story and characters, um, it's it it's weird. It gets progressively better, mm -hmm. and that's sure something does, yeah. I was reading about in the making of is that it was pretty much filmed in story order. Yeah. They were saying that, like, I, I didn't know if that was, like, confirmed ever, but there was some suspicion from two different people that wrote reviews on this that, like, it may have been filmed in sequence just because, like, everything got better, like, as time went on, like, mm -hmm. or as the film went on. Also, it was it was a feature shot on video, and not that nobody was doing this, but in 2000, that would have been still kind of a rarity. So just low-budget stuff. Um, so for the, like, major distribution that this got, it is rare that something was shot on video still. Yeah. 
which is I think it's funny because they make a bunch of jokes in the film about oh you got to shoot on film kind of thing, um, which I'm sure they're just kind of poking fun at themselves, but um. yeah, it is pretty self-aware in in, in many ways like that. But um, there there are a couple of performances in here that improve throughout the film. Um, yeah, I'd say the cast in general gets better <laughs> throughout the film. Maybe yeah. you just get used to them. I don't know, but. Yeah, uh, yeah, but the first twenty minutes are a bit of a, a chore. It, it does take a while to really get going, and when it does, it it actually when it takes the turn down the whole like, hey, we found this body, and what if we start move, you know, putting it into the movie? I even made a note about how they have this discussion about the morality of doing that. That is mm-hmm. rather realistic. Yeah, um, not necessarily the outcome that they would go ahead and do it, but the fact that you've got more than just the one character going, oh my god, you shouldn't do that. You know, all of them are a little like, this is fucked up. Well, even the director, like, what's his name in the movie? Is it Dave, I think, mm-hmm. is his name? Yeah. Um, he He's even a little more, like, inflicted about it, but thinks that it's the right choice for his movie to get, like, notoriety. And I think he's even, like, makes a comment at one point that, like, even if it doesn't make the movie a better movie that at least it might make it like controversial <laughs> so like right you know he's he's even looking at it that way like you know oh if we get you know busted for this or whatever at least the movie will go down and you know some kind of infamy for having a real dead body in it so um so Which, yeah there's there's some realism to that uh i don't know it's a ludicrous idea to start with but the fact that they do have a discussion about it is, is interesting um and that pretty much everyone besides the director is like, yeah, that's a weird idea, dude. Like, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> there there was... Um, isn't there a movie that already actually did that? That there's actually a dead person in it? There have been several rumored dead people in movies. Um, the movie The Misfits with Clark Gable and Marilyn Monroe that the band named themselves after mm-hmm. uh, the reason it was interesting to, you know, horror movie buffs like Glenn Danzig and, um, and Jerry only at the time is because that is rumored to have um, borrowed Marilyn Monroe's corpse to finish a couple of scenes. It's been debunked. Like it's right. probably not true, but that was kind of like the going story is that the, that the misfits used um, her corpse in a couple of, Scenes with like I don't know why would you want to use a corpse when you could just use a dump like it's the same yeah. thing right <laughs> like um, but anyway yeah uh, I I could but yeah so that there was and a, then of course there's all the like um, the Diodetto uh, cannibal movies that uh, Cannibal Holocaust or is it Cannibal Pharaoh one of the two Cannibal Holocaust I think where there were literally arrests made. <laughs> um, and people brought in for you know questioning and hearings about the realism of those films, um, which now you look back on if you've seen those and you're kind of like no way like I don't get it but yeah they legitimately thought you know people had butchered other people to make these movies oh wow <laughs> or that they, there was a, a chance that they might have and um, yeah anyway so yeah there's 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 certainly it's certainly another one of this film's horror movie references to, to include that as like a piece of the plot. Um, 
But yeah, so in, in other mm. words, like this movie is very, like you said, it's very self-aware, certainly made by people that are into horror movies because their references aren't like super, you know, well-known horror movie references. Like they're dropping Fulci references. The whole idea of this movie is pretty much uh, straight out of like the Fulci zombie, uh, especially the Beyond and City of the Living Dead where they have the like... Portals. kind of nether yeah. regions and portals and the way that like the the world of the dead opens up and the zombies kind of pour through definitely the beyond i mean it's it's basically that idea they've just yeah. borrowed that idea from it which they cop to in the movie multiple times they talk about the beyond. well they they even make jokes too about how you know they're they're trying to convince one of the actors hey you're going to be famous you're going to be the next and they, i can't remember the name they drop and they have a discussion about how <laughs> that person's not really famous famous per se it's more like there's a, a niche group of people that are into this genre of movies that know that person's name there you go sport yeah. that's who you're that's who you're aiming to be that's here. who you're gonna be the next one yeah and um, that i thought was that kind was of kind of yeah there were some clever moments like that i feel like that scene like that early on and this is why i subscribed to the theory that you brought up about it being shot possibly being shot in sequence and because the problem with that scene for me is that acting performances are so bad like it's um there's just no i don't know like that nobody in that scene is carrying that scene well enough i think the idea was clever of like you know it was almost even funny like there's you know many times in this movie like i think they're attempting to be funny like it's got a humorous side to the whole thing and it just some of it doesn't land because it's just not done well but Mm -hmm. um so yeah the whole thing is a bit intentionally um, homage or intentionally derivative of, of other horror films, especially zombie films, especially the Fulci films, although this doesn't, you know, emulate that in, like, being incredibly gory, really, but um, but the idea certainly is borrowed from the beyond. Um, it's So it's not hugely original per se, but I do feel like, as the video box tells us, on the only featured review that it is quote unquote unique. The only like positive word that they have on the front of it. Um, I think that is an apt description for this, especially around the time it was made. Um, I don't know what, what worked for you here and what didn't when it comes to like the story and the, um, cause it's certainly not your run of the mill zombie movie. No, it's, it's not. And I actually give them a little bit of props for, you know with something that worked was the not really a zombie movie as much as it is like a a resurrection opening portal to other world kind of movie um and uh, you know these these any film where it's you know a a bunch of people trying to make a horror film and they stumble (laughs) upon something real it's that's a that in itself is a a kind of a a goofy straight to video cliche um And, but I think it's the fact that they owned it, even though the acting was bad throughout most of it, and the effects were, nah, you know, and the story was was pretty lame. It there was so much being so self aware that I, I kind of just gave the whole project a bit of a pass. Like it, there were things that didn't work, but even when they didn't work, it it just kind of added to the realism. <laughs> yeah, in in a way, like yeah, some of the acting was really bad. Um, just some of the lines just didn't work so, you know the, the script had some parts that just did not work but even that it didn't really bother me because it, this 
I mean, the, 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 something about a movie like this is even if it sucks, it, it essentially is a successful Tim and Eric bit. You know? <laughs> so yeah. that kind of worked for me. There, Yeah, there's a lot of that to it, is that I wouldn't even say, like, it's a quote-unquote so bad it's good movie or unintentionally funny because every once in a while this is actually funny, but then there's other parts of it that are so bad they're it's funny, and then there's stuff that... Um, really works for me and there's this like unique kind of interesting spin on zombie movies especially kind of in the modern world because this is an entirely kind of different zombie um, creatures or whatever they are Um, I did kind of feel like this was like and this is underselling or this is this is not accurate in a a way because uh, I think Kevin Smith is a much more talented writer Mm -hmm. but I felt like it's a little bit like if Kevin Smith had you know instead of making clerks had come up with this idea to make a zombie movie instead it just feels like it's got kind of that like that level of budget and like somebody was trying to be clever in the way now like I said Kevin Smith's a much better writer um his his clever actually works and his you know characters are believable and, and it's at least in this in the example of clerks but um, I think that was the kind of tone it was going for as well as being a zombie movie. But, um, yeah, so these zombies, quote unquote, are interesting. They're a little different than your average, especially mm-hmm. right around here. We were doing right around 2000. We, were, we had a lot of those movies where we had, um, instead of regular slow moving Romero style Night of the Living Dead zombies, we had these kind of like hyper rage-fueled um ghouls like in um you know 28 days later and the remake uh, Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead which we talked about on the show way back on our first episode mm-hmm. and um these are somewhere in between these these zombies remind me more of like something out of Evil Dead in a way because they have these kind of bizarre kind of distorted like mutated features they're kind of um well and especially Literally, in the case of um, Matthew McGrory, McGrory in this, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, in this movie, larger than life, like he, you know, um, this was actually his debut film. And if anyone's not, you know, familiar with him, he had a lot of bit parts uh, um, in movies in the late '90s, early, I guess, early 2000s, not late '90s, because this was his first movie. But um, he ended up appearing in what, like Big Fish. Uh, he was in the the Rob Zombie movies um yeah house of a thousand corpses and house devil's rejects devil's rejects and he was a very very large um man like he was like seven foot five or something and he's just got this like kind of um just kind of hulking he always plays like a giant or you know kind of um character in movies He, Mm -hmm. he obviously had some sort of physical handicap that made him kind of a almost a caricature in like the way his, his body was, was shaped and was able to use that to his success. Like he, he was, you know, got a lot of really interesting and cool acting parts. And unfortunately he passed away, I think in, Oh, mid 2000s somewhere. Yeah. So a couple really years only ago. had a five or six year career or something like that. But, um, but yeah. Uh, so it's kind of cool that he, she shows up in here as a zombie. So it's, a. Uh, but anyway, my question that was hidden in there somewhere was like, what would you think of the the creatures, like the zombies themselves? And we can talk about the effects and and the makeup and but also just kind of like, what are they when we compare them to other like famous zombie types? Because uh, they're somewhere like, 
out on their own. They're each zombie's kind of got its own character makeup thing going on. But well, it's it's interesting that you brought up the the Rob Zombie films that uh, Gory was in too, because they have a similar kind of look to this, especially at the very end of House of a Thousand Corpses. It's almost they're almost Bane like hulking. I mean, they're they're zombies, but they're more like demons in a way, or just monsters, right? They're just kind of big yeah. monsters. One of them kind of looks like Dave Batista without a nose and lips, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it, in their uh, they're definitely original. I mean, that was that's the big thing that's on the, the title, right, of the the, the, the video box. Yeah, and they're it, unique. It's no. very unique, <laughs> and they are pretty unique. Um, it and, and they're intimidating, which is effective, and not just in your basic you know zombie flesh eater kind of ghoul thing, but just big creepy monster people. Um, I, yeah, I was pretty impressed overall uh, with with that. It was. Um, well used it it became it was like a really long sequence of like them hunting these all the people like these two monsters it, that got a little old and it didn't get really it started <laughs> acting really dumb like people are doing all the things you would not expect them to do um but as yeah. far as the designs themselves go they were they were pretty cool better than yeah, I, I thought it was yeah yeah and that's that's kind of like the the thing that is the, the worst about this movie is that it takes so long to get into the stuff that's good about this movie is because I think so many people probably would have tuned out, you know, if you if you were having to watch this for a podcast or whatever, like you, you probably would have uh, been like, oh, gosh, this is this is not going anywhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, tuned out unless you're like me and uh, rarely ever have turned anything off. I'm not saying I've never done it, but usually I'll, I'll suffer through because because of you know, every once in a while you find a gem or something like this that actually does get better in the second half. It's rare. Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, I found it super interesting that each of these like zombie creatures from the, you know, the world of the dead. Um, that's why I brought up the evil dead movies is because they have these kind of like each ghoul or each zombie has its own kind of character elements to it. Like it's a totally different kind of makeup. And that actually really impressed me. Not only the creativity of like coming up with the idea to do like different kind of character type zombies, um, but also that the makeup itself seemed to work pretty well. Um, which, if you would have told me to guess that by the ma- anything that they had done in the first half of this film, I would say that you know it was going nowhere. So luckily they knew where to stick their, you know, their budget. And maybe that came from the fact that this eventually was picked up by Charles Band. I don't know at what point Full Moon got involved with this. This feels to me, and I don't know this for a fact, there's very little information on the Wikipedia page, which is unfortunately the the limit of my research that I did on this. But um, it feels to me like something that was picked up in like maybe a, a like a trauma pictures kind of way where like they, they go out and they you know find movies and offer to distribute them. Um, rather than being something that band was involved with from the get-go. But, you know, if, if, if he was involved from the get-go, this is certainly advice that was, you know, came down from, from Charles Band, I would assume, is to, you know, put all your money into, into the, you know, the visuals, the special effects, and the, the wow factor of your, of your movie. Forget about everything else, you know, that comes second and uh in this kind of a movie and and i think i think that that's right they had the right instinct to do that because it gets more interesting when you know 
the the zombie creatures kind of you know burst out of the whatever it is the coffin the portal thing that they open up and um they're super interesting i actually love the idea of the story of this movie like we, we we touched on like the beginning you know part of it and they they use this dead body and accidentally open up this portal to another world but through that comes one of as one of the like zombies or returning dead people is this dr eben who is the um the original guy who had opened this portal in the building trying to resurrect his dead girlfriend and he gets he has this great kind of uh played by an actor named matt stevens he has this really really great hammy mad scientist persona and he does not get anywhere near enough screen time because he's one of the highlights of this movie uh, in my opinion um but that's another thing this the movie just in the second half keeps giving me these like wonderful surprises it's like oh not only does it have this like the beyond kind of like nether world of the dead that has surrounded this building they can't get out because they can't go into the mist because it's filled with dead you know the dead and they've kind of been transported to some to somewhere else in the land of the dead but then we get this like great mad scientist that we actually yeah. gave, you know we kind of get a scooby-doo villain <laughs> like, uh, yeah um and man it's it, it may not be good but it's certainly interesting like yeah and you kind of see him at the beginning too in like a prologue and it's definitely hamming it up i mean it almost looks like something out of mystery science theater um <laughs> well in this movie is something that would be on mystery science theater so it works in both <laughs> oh, yeah. ways um yeah, so I should mention that this movie starts with a prologue, and then it goes into a movie and a movie, and then it goes into the actual movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a little that's a little weird of a jump, but yeah. right, right. But yeah, I thought there were a couple performances. His was one of them, just because it was so over the top. Uh, that was, yeah, that and was... he's just like playing, you know, of hammy villain. Like I don't know, he reminded me literally something off of a out of a Scooby Doo cartoon. Like they were gonna pull his mask off and be like old Mister whatever that you still in the hospital yep <laughs> i would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you damn kids <laughs> and your video cameras yeah but yeah i mean i mentioned matthew mcgrory and, and he doesn't do he doesn't get much to do besides look scary you know um walk around and be, be intimidating um jamie donahue who i thought i was familiar with i thought i recognized her from something and i looked at her looked looked her up on uh IMDb. She plays Topaz in the mm-hmm. movie, who's like the love interest, kind of, of the director Dave. That's you know, kind of poorly developed throughout the movie. Uh, not that you really care about that anyway, but um, I thought I recognized her from something, and I looked up her her up on IMDb, and I don't think I do, but because <laughs> uh, I've not seen anything else that she's been in. But um, she is definitely better than most of the cast as well um but as you mentioned earlier by the end like by the like latter third of this movie um the the cast is actually working like eric clausen who played david and brett beardsley who played paul who the the makeup guy um their relationship or their like buddy shtick thing starts to work better um her you know topaz and and david's like little budding relationship thing starts to work better i think when you throw all the zombies then you you forget about all that stuff but it certainly does there's certainly some truth to that it gets better as as the movie goes on so yeah um and she's kind of introduced a little bit later into that first 20 minutes 
the pacing yeah, of yeah. this one and the way they introduce their characters is very strange. Um, you see this character, Telpaz, who's kind of their, their gopher, right? She just kind of gets stuff for the, the film. Um, you see her introduced, and then they don't really use her again for a while, and then all of a sudden she comes back when the movie starts to pick up. And yep. yeah, so some of the writing and the pacing in this and the editing is really, really obviously oh, very the, amateurish. In the first twenty minutes of it, you also have this the bickering sisters of the director fighting over who gets to be the lead in this movie, which could have totally been cut out of the script and not made one difference to anything. Like the entire character of the bitchy older sister could have gone away. Yeah. Like she totally useless. She ends up you know, off sulking half the time anyway, and she's just there to be a first person to kill, essentially. Um, yeah, her whole character yeah. was pointless, and that whole interaction was pointless. And yeah, th- this movie has enough to keep it interesting, and also enough to make you question whether you should finish it. Yeah, kind of. Equally... Well, that first twenty minutes is rough. Like we, we, you know, you're just talking about like that that kind of wasted. I don't know, it's, it's wasted screen time on something that isn't important to the rest of the movie, so I'm not sure why they didn't just dive in a little faster. I have my suspicions that it has to do with runtime. It's like a 90-minute, like, right on the like right on the head 90-minute movie, I think. Yeah. And I'm sure that's, you know, because there's festival rules about features being, I think it's 80 minutes plus, but, I mean, I'm sure they wanted to keep it feature length. Um so yeah, I think we get a little little script padding there, and uh, it shows in this one like big time. Yeah, there's a lot of little side conversations that that could have been cut. Yeah, and they totally waste. Um, oh, what was the the cameraman's name? Was um, was he Chaz? I don't remember. Anyway, so he's like you know the token brown guy in the movie that is always you know smoking weed. Yeah, and just just the worst stereotype. Um, character and um, but he's like the only dude in the movie that's actually funny like he actually knew how to like read his lines to the point where they you know actually like came off as humor and um, they totally waste him he could have actually added some something because he uh, you know the guy actually knew how to act a little bit but anyway well and, and there's the whole scene after the bickering sisters where David and um God, what is her name now? I gotta look it up. Shelly. Um, yeah. Are sitting in like the cemetery set for the food, for the movie, and they have this long conversation. And then is it Paul is the effects guy? I think so. Yeah. Comes over and he's all, you know, cracking jokes about this, you know, model head that he made, and it just. Mm-hmm. That whole thing could have been either cut or trimmed down significantly, or, or just that the, that exposition put elsewhere, because yeah. that was a, that scene just went on way too long. Yeah, I feel like they have a solid fifty-minute-long movie here. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, that they that they pad up with a bunch of stuff nobody cares about to be you know a feature-length film. Um, at, you know, not that anybody would care enough about the dead hate the living to make a fan cut of it, but if you if somebody was inclined to do so, I think you could make a pretty tight forty five to fifty minute zombie movie that is totally watchable and entertaining, and you know has the right pacing, and you wouldn't lose much from the stuff you cut out. I don't think you just have to get enough of the enough of the early scenes to set the stage that hey these people are making a movie hey they found a body, you're done like that's all we need. <laughs> 
moving on. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it. I think you're right. It's about 45 minutes to 50 minutes worth of an actual good movie here. Um, yeah. What did you think of the ending? Ah, yeah. I was going to get to the ending. Oh, I like... Okay. Um, you know, and then it's... I think we're, we're getting to that point. Anyway, um, I think I like the ending, not because the actors sell it or because... Um, I don't know, it just fits kind of the, like, creative kind of mood of the story of this movie. Like, I like where their heads were at. I don't necessarily like everything they did with this movie, but I like what they were thinking. And putting your two leads, you know, it's uh, Dave and and Topaz, um, into the land of the dead. Like, they have to climb in the end. They can't get out of this place. It's totally been surrounded by whatever it is, this mist, or, you know, maybe they've been transported into the land of the dead um the only way out that they can figure out at the end of this or they're you know facing basically certain death by these ghouls closing in on them is to climb into the portal and that port you know transports them into the land of the dead um again it's a little bit evil dead ending um but I don't know. I like it. It's cool. It kind of leaves it open-ended like there could be something more to come after this. Not that this movie was ever going to spawn a sequel. And not that I'm I'm not even sure I would want to see this story. But then again, maybe I would. If you if you take just the element of this story and, and use you know the first film as a prologue, recast these characters, whatever you need to do to make it a little better. But you got an interesting second movie, that's for sure, if you can write something. But yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. What do you think? Uh, the, the ending confused me. Why didn't they just leave? There wasn't there a throwaway line somewhere early in the movie where like we looked outside and you don't want to go out there because it's just death everywhere. Okay. So yeah, why? I got the impression from what happened to can- the camera guy that if you go outside, it's like it's like certain death. You're like walking into a wall of zombies essentially. Like in the mist, there's kind of like in the movie The Mist, right? Yeah. There's like uh, um, basically it's you can't really go outside. Whatever it is, it's part of know part of the entire thing that's going on whatever has happened because they have they they say it two different ways they they say like oh there's something out there in the mist and then they also say like oh we think this whole place has been transported into the land of the dead and it's kind of good it is all around us everywhere and um so i think we're supposed to believe they can't really go outside or that that it's certain death outside kind of thing um that they have a better chance I don't know why it's a better chance because yeah, really that's it's where the I was getting. That's like so instead we're gonna go into but, the portal that is definitely taking us to the dimension of the dead. Yeah, that maybe I misread something or I didn't listen to something right, but that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, and I also think it had to do with they were surrounded and it was their only way out of the, like literally where they were at. I don't yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Have a great great explanation besides that i think it was that was their way out of the room essentially okay um, yeah it was definitely a, a really kind of a weird way to end the movie like well why if it was this if this was their option this is like how is this better than going outside <laughs> but yeah yeah it, i mean it, it feels a little bit like the end of evil dead too where you know he throws himself into the portal and all of a sudden he's standing and yeah maybe evil england yeah for so. some reason from michigan yeah <laughs> yeah that was strange but no overall though i think it it 
tied up a movie that yeah i mean i'm not disagreeing with any of the the comments that you've made so far um this is not a good movie but no um of the full moon movies i've seen it's definitely not the worst (laughs) yeah yeah and you know i honestly to to be you know full disclosure i've not seen a ton of full moon movies i've seen i've certainly seen a few and um this one i don't know i (laughs) my comment was almost well and this one's one of them but that's that is kind of what i'm trying to say is like it just seems to fit very well in like that catalog of stuff like it's not necessarily a great film like there's not like you know, you're not gonna. It's not gonna win any Oscars for writing or acting or any of that. But there's certainly a lot of creativity and ambition that was dumped into it. So that stuff shines. Although in this movie, I think there's some pacing issues and the fact that it just you could have lost half the movie. So that hurts it a bit. But um, it's what I admire about Empire. And we, you know, back when we did like Robot Jocks and, and Arena, and we were talking about some of their work there, and then, and then eventually the Full Moon movies. Is no, they're not always great movies. In fact, they're usually somewhere middle of the road but man if the you know the bands don't dump just a shit ton of ambition and creativity into these things like they are interesting films almost all of them hands down they're going to be they're going to tell you a story that's not where you're expecting it to go they're going to you know do something that's interesting and creative and original so i love that about them so it's hard to it's hard to hate it (laughs) it just uh it's also hard to say it's great or recommend it to anybody either somewhere in between i don't know it's weird yep i i completely agree um i i I didn't hate this movie at all um i I actually there were things about it that i really quite enjoyed um i I had fun with it i guess is the the key Mm -hmm. is it it was this was a great example of one of the i would say one of the better full moon movies as far as you gotta kind of love full moon even when they suck for the same reason Mm -hmm. that you like trauma you know, it's like, yeah, these are great studios for people that would if you really had an idea for a movie and you could get within the proximity of band or Roger Corman or uh, Lloyd Kaufman, your movie had a chance of getting made. Now, it's not going to be made well, <laughs> but right. it's going to have a lot of heart into it. And it's, you know, giving you that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, get getting your story to screen. So, what I and I do think that like when it comes to ambition and and the reason I think I prefer and this is weird coming out of me growing up like I was a big trauma traumaphile, but think the reason I think I prefer some of Charles Band's work like uh, Empire, Full Moon stuff versus Trauma. Not that I don't, not that I dislike Trauma, is that, um, but I feel like they're their ambition is just so limitless. Like they're like, well, you can't tell us we can't, you know, make a dimension of the dead. We're going to try and pull it off. We're going to, we're going to have all these like crazy ambitious ideas where, um, trauma is a little more of a barrel scraper at times. Like they'll, they'll go for the low, the low, low brow shocks and stuff. Um, where I think, I think band stuff is literally just trying to make, you know, as good of creative movies as they can get off the ground at the budget and time that they have to make them. Um, yeah. So, so I have a lot of respect for him as an, as an artist where Lloyd Kaufman, I have a lot of respect for as a writer and a businessman and a, just a kind of swarthy old film guy. I don't know. He's, he's, he's a character, but um, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I'm becoming the more and more I see of this stuff, you know, at this age, I, I am I'm becoming even more of a fan than I probably was growing up. I, I, I didn't see a lot of it, um, and I think when I did, I didn't have that like respect and tolerance for B movies that I, I've come to <laughs> I've come to find in my older age. But well, I think it also helps that growing up, you know, you and I both were always trying to make a movie with you know oh yeah camcorder we could get our hands on and you know with action figures or with writing little scripts or whatever like that and and to know that even some of our batshit ideas which weren't much different than this um you know (laughs) those could have been made if if you know you you get it in in one of their hands um and and so there's there's a charm to these kind of just for that reason alone yeah, no, I absolutely agree, and that's that's one of the things that saves a movie like The Dead Hate the Living in in my in my book um, from getting like a failing grade or something like that is because I just there's too much there's too much love and, and creativity and like good stuff in in here to you know totally dismiss it as you know not and you know what it at the end of the day it's it's entertaining so before we go I I got, I'll have a little more to say of that in a minute but. Before we dive into that, do you have any more thoughts of anything we didn't get to with the Dead Hate the Living? And and if not, do you have a a grade for this one? What do you think? Well, you know, this this was another one that I had seen on the video stores, mostly in college, because it came out in 2000. So I mostly saw this one when I'd go to, like, Blockbuster or something. And I, I don't remember ever grabbing it, but it was one that I always kind of considered... Maybe I had read a little bit about it in Fangoria or seen ads or advertising images for it in, in Room Org or whatever. Um, but overall, this one, um, once, once it gets going and you know what you're in for, it's pretty good. And I almost wonder if that's because the first 20 minutes are so bad <laughs> that the rest of the movie looks slightly better by comparison, so thus we're willing to give it a pass. Uh, for whatever the reason... It's fun. It's bad. The script is bad. The story is dumb. The ending doesn't make a lot of sense. The character's acting gets better, but again, that could just be because it's so fucking bad in the beginning. Um, but overall, when I when this one was over, I I wasn't I wasn't like, oh well, that was a waste of time. I can say I saw this one. It was actually kind of fun. So I'm gonna give it like a C plus. It's not great. You don't feel like you need to rush out and watch this one if you haven't, but it's it's not really one that you always want to. It's not it's not one of those movies that's so bad that you want to put it on to show your friends to you can all laugh at it. It just kind of it's just kind of lame, um, but it's <laughs> yeah. not terrible. So yeah, I give it like a C plus. What about you? Um, I think I'm like pretty much gonna land exactly the same place as you. Um, the effects are kind of questionable. They're great at, at at points, and they're um not so great at other points they're interesting to say the least the acting is atrocious uh, but i don't know it's got a ton of ambition you know what i didn't mention that i absolutely hate is there is <laughs> some really really rudimentary cg in this movie that is so bad that i don't even think it's like funny bad like it kind of makes me angry and i can't like why <laughs> like have to like not watch that scene cuz i'm just like and that is like there's the scene where the zombies are set on fire and they use cg fire yeah and it looks 
like something out of a computer game in the, like it like way before this movie's time like something out of an early 90s computer game or something like it just is the worst and uh <laughs> yeah so so i'm gonna i i hit it for a few points just for having that crap that is just uh, in there anyway um <laughs> but yeah so it's I think the good things to say about this is it's got a ton of ambition. It's pretty fun and light for a zombie movie. Like it's, uh, I don't know. I love the idea, like the, the quasi beyond, you know, Fulci's beyond kind of um, zombies from the netherworld uh, via mad scientist thing. It's just, it's crazy, and you don't see something like that real often, especially in a, in a, you know, a film that's not in like a Scooby Doo cartoon, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, so it gets huge points for like its originality on the story. It, it, originality is not even the right word because it is kind of borrowed from here and there. But it's it's <laughs> we'll use the word from the front of the box. It's unique, and uh, that is an accurate review. And um, I don't know. But that being said, it's also like a super cheapy movie. This thing was shot on video. It's probably just a bunch of buddies that put this thing together. While while that's rather lovable, it's still obnoxious, you know, to watch, you know, twenty years later. Um, the jokes aren't funny. Occasionally one or two will land, but they're trying for comedy they don't get. Um, I don't know. Overall, I had fun with it, and I don't know. Still found it generally enjoyable, but it's kind of not a good movie. So I think I'm right with you. I think I'm going to give it a C plus. I think I originally wrote down C, but I don't know. It's There's too much I like about it to, to leave it right there in the middle of the road, but I'd like to see somebody take the time to you know cut this into that perfect 50 minute version but i'm not going to take the time to do it so um yeah go to see it would take quite a lot of time but i know that you know (laughs) so we we came out pretty close but i know that this one has some pretty polarizing reviews there are some people that really like it oh yeah and most people absolutely hate it but i would like to hear from any of our listeners uh what are your thoughts on the dead hate the living this full moon entertainment film from the year 2000 and you can reach out and tell us your thoughts on this questionable movie uh on the video junkyard podcast facebook page or the video junkyard podcast facebook group you can also find us on twitter at video junk pod or go old-fashioned and send us an email at video junk pod uh at gmail.com if you uh, write or uh, anything we will read any of your questions comments criticisms or witticisms and coming up next week on the video junkyard podcast we are going to check out the 1985 sci-fi horror film creature which was directed by i believe the same william malone that was a director in the first masters of horror series yes it is so bill malone from master of horror bill malone um yeah it's uh, another one that i think we both remember from uh video store <laughs> box artwork so yeah um yeah but never actually well, uh, saw it so this will be a fun right. one i know this a lot right about so this will be a first viewing for me yeah same here and it is free on tubi if it is a first viewing for you as well go ahead and check that one out and join us next week for the discussion and we hope that you've enjoyed your time here with us on the video junkyard podcast and please feel free to uh like subscribe and share uh please pass the joy on to others and we uh thank you again we want to uh sign off i guess <laughs> this is the video junkier podcast i'm joe peterson i'm eric O'Branson. have a good evening make them die slowly
You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafry. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels.